The KM Community Podcast, bringing you stories from Kent's communities every week. Hello and welcome to the KM Community Podcast. I'm your host Oliver Kemp and I'll be bringing you the stories that matter at the heart of communities across the county. If you have a story you think needs to be told, just use the hashtag KM Community on social media or you can email me on okemp at thekmgroup.co.uk. This episode, it's Interfaith Week. Interfaith is a practice which has been steadily growing across the UK for the past 10 years. The idea is people of all different religions, and even those who don't have a religion, should reach out to one another and come together despite their differences. This week has encouraged events across the county by religious leaders, businesses and councils. To discuss why it might be important to open a dialogue between religions, I invited three people from Medway heavily involved in their respective faith communities. A Christian, a Muslim and a person of Jewish faith. The KM Community Podcast. So we have a little bit of a different kind of show today on the KM Community Podcast. We actually have three people. I think this is the first time I've sat here and looked at three separate people. Um, So please, everyone, introduce yourself. So if we can go from, from right to left. Okay, my name is uh, Saju Matlali. I'm the vicar of uh, St. Mark's Church and uh, St. Mary's Island here in Gillingham. Yeah, my name is Safir Khan. I'm uh, an imam um, of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here at the Nasir Mosque in Gillingham. And my name's Dahlia Halpern-Matthews. I'm chair of trustees at the Chatham Memorial Synagogue in Chatham, Stroke, Rochester. Lovely. Welcome to the three of you and thanks for joining us on this discussion. Now, as I mentioned in the title, we're talking about Interfaith Week. This is the week that we're currently in. Um, Why is it so important for different religions to work together in this day and age? I think it's really important to understand that at the end of the day, as Joe Cox said, actually, we have more in common than that which divides us. We are all actually the same people. And there are so many similarities in what we believe, even though there are many differences as well. So... I think it's just really important that we all understand that and we work together and we help other people understand that, you know, we're not actually enemies, we're we're friends. And it's about, I guess, starting a dialogue between these different faith communities that some people would say, oh, they're they're very different, but perhaps not as different as people think. Yeah, I think uh, actually if we go back in history as well, just to bring a little bit of history into it, is that we all stem from um, Prophet Abraham. So as an Abrahamic, uh, you know, religions, we were very, very close uh, to each other like a family Indeed. Um, and um, apart from that as well for, for me um, in my religion th- there is also this uh, concept that all religions were founded by God and are true in their in their originality and their prophets were true as well so I think less people look at that from that reason because obviously people are less and less becoming less and less religious in this day and age but that also is something that's I think a fundamental thing that brings us together then when we come to our age, our time, we see everything around us, you know, the politics, the, you know, the, the, uh, the conflicts, the um, increase in hate um, towards, you know, different kinds of people in society. That shows that, you know, at this time, we, we need to even work more harder to bring people together and find these common things that, you know, link us together as well. Mm. I think Safir is is right that actually perhaps in the Western world the number of people who identify themselves with the institutional religion is uh, the numbers are going down but that's not the reality around the world uh, Oliver because I think uh, uh, the reality is you know religion is thriving 
uh, faith is thriving and it is a source of grace and mercy and compassion and life-giving for global. So in a global society that we live in, the reality is that actually faith is thriving and it is only in uh, parts of the West whereby uh, uh, allegiance to institutional religion is actually down. So we're talking about a fundamental conversation of human nature and not peripheral. Does that then change, though, the conversation from a local, national to an international level? Because if you're talking about, in general, faith is uh, faith is thriving, mm. but in Western society, secularism mm. is, is becoming bigger, does that mean we have to approach interfaith in, in different ways in our local communities? You cannot ignore it. You cannot ignore it no matter where you come from in a political perspective. Because the reality is we find ourselves in a globalized, multicultural, multi-faith society. And therefore, to not discuss it is to say you are not important. And that is, uh, in any level of imagination, be it theistic or atheistic, uh, not good. And I, and I think that our culture, uh, our society is all the all the richer for being so multicultural. Um, that diversity enriches um, our society. Mm. I think it's also worth saying that for many people, although they might not be religious in um, in in the way that we might have thought about it mm. many years ago, um, so they perhaps don't go to the synagogue, the church, the mosque, etc. Mm. in in the same way with the same regularity. I think that there is um, religion as a way of life, faith as a way of life. Mm which is deeply embedded in many people, many mm. more people than actually will regularly be attending those kind of services. Mm. Um, and we shouldn't forget that. Yeah. And the thing is as well that <clears throat> with, with all religions, uh, you know, Christianity, Islam or Judaism, you see that uh, the religious part of it, where the scriptures are, the other part of it is, is the treatment of people. Uh, nearly all, you know, all the religions, they all have the message about kind treatments to your neighbor, you know, treat your respect. other people with respect like you want to be treated. So all these things are, although part of our religion, our religions that we follow, but they're also common, um, you know, um, norms, morals that people associate with. So, so I think that, as Saju and Dali also mentioned, that it's so important that we talk about it because it links us together, whether you are religious or you're not practicing religious, the you know the respect for each other, the diversity, um, the inclusivity, uh, inclusivity is still there. You know, it's mm. it's going to be linked with you anyway. That's right. I think uh, um, Oliver, you would love to know that actually we as leaders of our communities and and part of our communities embody something of this uh, within ourselves. You know, Dali and I have known each other for five years, and we've uh, like, yeah. uh, drank tea together, and Safir and I drank <laughs> coffee together, and so therefore we are actually talking about something we embody in terms of having a healthy respect for each other. That does not mean there are no distinctiveness. There are mm. very distinctive aspects of all three of our religions, but we have a healthy egalitarian view of each other in the light of our, our, our sheer respect uh, of our common humanity. Well, that's about um, and accepting the fact that dissent is part of discourse, right? You're allowed, you're talk, you're, you can talk with people who have different opinions um, and you can talk in a respectful way. How does that then work and translate if you're talking to people who, who are not from a religious background, they, they don't have a faith? Do you find that there's sometimes a barrier with those people? Because if you if you are in if you are part of a faith in some ways, then you must understand, despite the differences, there are similarities there. But what about when it comes to 
someone who doesn't have a faith and someone who does have a faith. Is that difficult? I don't think so at all, actually. I think that, that when you are understanding that actually there is this respect, and I think that it's worth bringing in words like empathy and kindness, because those are common traits across humankind. That Those aren't specific to one religion or another or all religions. Mm. I think those are things that go across humanity. Mm. So it doesn't. Ha- you don't have to be a religious person. You don't have to be a person of faith. And if you never go to any of those um, religious places and you have absolutely no belief in God, still the majority of people will understand the concept and believe in the concept of respect and empathy and and common kindness. I think I, I, I fully agree with that as well. I think you know, when people come to, to, to the mosque, you know, where, where I am and they you know, we talk. We have a religious sort of open day uh, where we talk about uh, Islam as a faith. We explain. We have question, question and answers. And when people ask questions, okay, what do you think about this issue? Which is, you know, uh, could be any issue, but social issues, political issues, um, issues about you know respecting each other and the increase in hate crime and all these issues. When they talk about it, ask question. Okay, what do you think as a Muslim about it? And I say, you know, this is my view. And they say, yeah, I mean, I'm not a religious person, but I have the same view. So as you mentioned, you know, there are many things that we, we share together in views anyway, which are, you know, about uh, treating each other with the empathy. Mm. Mm. Do you think the differences between uh, different people's religions is exacerbated by the people who don't have a belief? Is, is that is that idea perpetuated by people who actually aren't in these communities and maybe don't understand it? I think the writings of Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens and Sam Harris, who I describe as the new atheists of our times, have actually um, been a very peripheral, very selective um, reading of the our texts, actually. Very selective reading. Um, but the reality is, new atheism, uh, in, 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 with all respect, hasn't done anything in terms of actually um, enriching our common humanity, apart from actually saying we are angry about the fact that there is no God who lives in this world. Um, just to come back to uh, your point earlier, uh, Oliver, is is the whole area of even atheists are absolutely passionate about justice. Even atheists are absolutely passionate about uh, evil. Uh, atheists are passionate about uh, 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 economic growth, dare I say. And in some ways... Um, I think Dahlia's earlier point about actually that sense of there are more things that bring people together than divides us is absolutely true. So there's plenty for us in the area of justice, mercy, and peace, which is a human issue as opposed to a theistic or an atheistic exclusively issue. Mm. And bringing those people together, presumably that's the idea of Interfaith Week, is having events that... that prescribe to a commonality and discuss actually what is similar about us. I mean, what kind of events are you putting on, Safira? What um, kind of events have you put on recently that, that hopefully push those those ideas out to the community? Yeah, we, we uh, at the mosque, we do regular open days, um, which we have seen um, attracts a lot of attention. Um, people come and we, we choose a theme and we talk about it and uh, have question and answer. We have had Saju over and Dalia over as well. So so we have known each other as well for a long time. But yeah, I've spoken at one of um, yeah. Safiya's events um, and it was really interesting, really mm. interesting. And then we had a meal at the end of it and that yeah. was 
Meal is very important so to have good food at the end. Food's food always together, important. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about having something, doing something fun. You know, it's just not re- uh, restricted just to the interfaith mm. week. But maybe Saju can also explain that. You know, we we as when we came to know each other, you know, he had a brilliant idea. He loves cricket, and he said, you know, let's have a game of cricket, isn't it, Saju? All the way, if we can discuss cricket, I have to say I'm a little <laughs> bit disappointed because the Ahmadiyya Mosque have beaten St. Mark's Church <laughs> twice in a row, having beaten them the first year. So next year is going to be a really key event if you want, as a as a podcast, want to actually do a show on a cricket match between <laughs> St. Mark's Church and uh, Ahmadiyya Mosque. That'll be fantastic. It sounds it? fierce, yeah. It sounds yeah. fierce. sounds like you've got your work cut out but, for you as well. But they've got a fantastic point which is uh, sport is another avenue mm. you know the reality is um, we live in a divided society and those dividing lines are in our communities and therefore we need to be imaginative in terms of how we bring in cricket sadly just men we hope women play as well uh, the reality is actually where do men from different faith come together uh, sport and of course, food is uh, is a great, great heritage of the uh, Jewish faith. Of course, you know. absolutely. We have a um, a joke. They tried to kill us. We survived. Let's eat. <laughs> and actually, great. we're doing a, a, a project at the moment, which is mm. just about to. Um, so our next one is is uh, in a couple of weeks, mm. and um, it's called Cooking with the Community. Yeah. So actually, we're we're we've got people from different communities coming in and cooking in the kitchen with us, and there'll be a nice big event at the end of the yeah. of the project. Um, and we're working on a, a, a youth version of it as well, sort of so working across different faiths and kids trying different foods and yeah. uh, so hopefully that's quite good that'll be really exciting actually. I think it's such a great idea a couple of years ago uh, we at St Mark's did something called Feed the 5000 which um, your hearers might know is a story that Jesus says uh, of how he feeds 5000 people and so we in Gillingham did something called Feed the 5000 so over the course of the year I challenged the church to have 5000 meals with people who they don't know very well, the stranger, the student, the people who are outside our faith community. Uh, and uh, it was a fantastic opportunity of, of, of a conduit for people to get to know each other uh, and then realize actually uh, there is something very spiritual about sharing a meal, which is, I think, why you guys That's actually host meals, because it, 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 it builds relationships in the community. Mm. So. Uh, any food and offer, I'm there. Are <laughs> <laughs> we all there? <laughs> yeah, count me in. Count me in. Um, so I think yeah, it's about bringing those, you know, finding those commonalities and bringing people together. One thing I found really interesting was it was the hate crime awareness mm. event that was at your church, mm. Saju, um, and it was the interfaith prayer mm. that you started off with that mm. I found so so interesting. Mm. This idea of um, of bringing all of these people on stage with mm. in very different ways of, mm. of practicing their faith mm. but doing it as kind of like a, it was almost like an appreciation what kind of feedback did you get from people in the community after that uh, Dahlia and Zafir I'm not sure you guys but I find in Medway in compared to my experience elsewhere you get little feedback so when you preach what you think is a fantastic sermon you get very little feedback which I wonder if it's reflective of the kind of place we are but for that particular evening I got 30 different people actually saying how remarkable the whole evening was, but mm. particularly uh, 
us as interfaith leaders coming together and praying together was for some people the highlight mm. of the evening. And therefore, um, do you know, um, one of the very few things that I do where the exclusively the feedback was among the 30 people who reached out to me, uh, uh, to us, is uh, entirely positive. Such a great event organized by Bobby Mahay mm. um, and, and, and his team. And so um, um, uh, yeah, uh, back to feedback, uh, entirely positive. Yeah, it's it's true. There was so many people saying, and, and there were so many other acts in there as well, performances that were really, really brilliant mm. and um, more sort of interactive, you can mm. say perhaps, mm. or more entertainment-wise. Mm. So, and still people came and said, as Saju said, they, they came and said, you know, what we enjoyed most was the prayers. Mm. I, I wasn't expecting yeah. it, to be mm. honest, because I think some for some people it might not be that mm. much, you know, interesting but mm-hmm. it was amazing standing there with saju and 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 um, uh, somebody from the hindu community and um you know who else there were there were so many people mm. uh, different john 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 john, from, john minor was there from the, the, the press especially mm. yeah and a couple of others as well and that was uh, not just religious was it there was a cultural representation there mm. with the Ghanaian community there was the bharatanatyam which is the hindu cultural expression so it was actually uh, a convergence of 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 multiple identities uh, and i think yeah, but uh, i agree the prayers were powerful it was a wonderful evening and there was good food too yeah. see the, the <laughs> go back around to food there again. was good food did, don't yeah, right tell me you didn't you see the back, food go back <laughs> oh was there yeah, oh the back <laughs> man how did I miss that you've missed out there massively missed can out can we have it again <laughs> <laughs> but actually it's not the first time that, that there's been that kind of um, sort of joint multi-faith mm. um, prayers so mm. for example every year um, at the Holocaust Memorial Day um, service which spreads between the synagogue one year, the, the cathedral one year, and then it'll go to an educational place in in uh, Kent. So it was in a primary school this year, um, mm. back in the cathedral next mm. year. Um, there there are uh, aspects of, of um, different prayers from different um, leaders and different communities. Mm. And the Peace Walk, that's mm. done, that's again an annual um, event. And, mm. and there is something, you know, I, I think the first time that I saw... Um, people from i think there were four different faiths in four different languages standing up in the synagogue mm. um reading prayers mm. uh was you know it sent shivers down your spine at this mm. fantastic event and how amazing it, it was amazing and we had so much positive feedback from that as well so sometimes you don't realize how powerful religion could be in bringing us together whereas today we you know often see in media especially very sadly that you know the blame is always put on the religion itself that mm. that's the one or these religious people are causing the problems mm. it's mm. it's sad but we can make a difference like mm. uh, you know like friends have mentioned as well mm. by doing these kind of things the km community podcast so much of, of of the kind of conversation around around hate crime and the increase in hate crime in in europe specifically has been based around leaving the european union it was something the Interfaith Network published themselves. They published the document leaving the EU. And again, they cited that Brexit has been one of the main causes of an increase in hate crime across the kind of religious beliefs and ethnicities as well. I mean, has that been clear to all three of you? Have you all have all yes. three of you seen that increase in your own faith communities? In, in terms of the synagogue, absolutely. I won't say that we never had any um, attacks of any kind before the referendum, because we did, but they were very few and far between. Um, so, for example, the cemetery had 
been vandalised back in 2002. It hadn't been touched after that until October last year and again this year. Uh, so just in this this period since the referendum, we've had the, the cemetery vandalised twice, we've had excrement left on our front steps twice, we've had vandalism uh, uh, with... Um, uh, one of our windows being smashed. We've had graffiti on the front of the synagogue. There's been swastikas graffitied on a nearby playground. Uh, yeah, so, and that's that's all in that post-referendum period. Mm. And Safir, how about you? Uh, you know, with the, with, with the um, hate crimes, it's, it's unfortunately something that we have encountered over the times. Not that much, which is good, but occasionally. Uh, but since... Um, uh, the Brexit um, whole debate and, and referendum and um, and that we have seen an increase in uh, in in hate crime towards religious organisation, but not only just that to cultures as well to people from different cultures, not necessarily uh, religious communities. So um, so that is something that um, we have also seen uh, the whole idea of of hearing people saying you know go back to the country that you came from. You know, get your mosque away from here, things like that. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I, I, I don't know if I can say that it has, it is just impacted from the referendum from for uh, for uh, for my point of view, from the Muslim point of view, but it definitely has made things a bit more tense uh, because of the political instability. I think. Mm. Mm. And Sajid, have you seen the same sort of thing? Well, irrespective of how uh, one might have voted. Uh, whether leaving or remain, uh, the reality is both the far right and the far left, uh, based on a thorough misunderstanding of what Brexit is, mm. has perpetuated criminal activity in our locality. Um, my further comment on that, Oliver, is is the fact that behind the numbers of these reports are stories. And we are not just dealing with numbers. You know, as uh, leaders and our faith community, we deal with faces, people who are in tears, people who experience extraordinary rejection on our streets. And therefore, sometimes when we discuss big numbers, uh, we need to be aware behind those numbers are mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, friends, next-door neighbours. And therefore, there is a part in which there is a frustration in the misunderstanding of what the political conversation is all about, hasn't been helped by political leaders. But at the very same time, uh, we are, as communities, as faiths, there to offer healing, offer a listening ear, offer that sense of mercy and hope for the future. I think one of the most surprising things about uh, about the publication that was released um, by Interfaith Network was that reminding people that it's it's also children who are being targeted by this kind of abuse, mm-hmm. which I think many people will find a, a startling thing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot when a lot of people think about a Brexit divide, they might think about an age difference. They might think that perhaps maybe children aren't being um, children aren't being subjected to this kind of abuse. But mm-hmm. it, it seems like it, it may be a reality in some communities. I don't know if any of you have have experienced that or you've had interactions with with children in the area who who are having to kind of go through that kind of thing i've certainly heard about heard about it it's not something that that i've come across personally but i've heard um several cases where children are you know having the same com- comments go back to the country you, to your mm. country mm. or you're not welcome here um and at the end of the day <laughs> mm. 
Mm. It, it's completely unacceptable. Many of these people have been, you know, the well, my 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 great grandfather, grand, well, great grandparents, plural, arrived here in the 1880s. Um, now I'm white, and I've got blonde hair, and I probably don't stand out if you don't know who I am as being different. So I'm probably less likely to get that kind of um, of comment. Mm. But just because of the colour of your skin or, you know, some some aspect of what you're wearing, to be targeted in that way and to be told that you, you're not welcome here or that you're not um, part of this country mm. is just wholly unacceptable. And the difficulty here is that it's so pernicious and it's something, so the kids are being um, targeted by other kids and those kids that are targeting them are hearing this from home mm. or they're hearing this on social media um, and even in the mainstream media. And people are not stopping and thinking about what they're saying. They're not stopping and thinking, this is a person the same as I am. And they're not stopping and thinking, well, would I say this to the, the person in their, and their, to their face? And okay, there are some people who clearly would, but you know the kind of comments that are done in social media are are unbelievable. You know, I've I, I saw on one particular Facebook thread um, and someone saying about they're devils and they're this and I and actually I don't try I try not to respond to these kind of things, but in this particular one, as I said, actually they're the sons of Abraham, the same as you and I. Mm. Um, and uh, funnily enough, that seemed to shut the thread down. But, um, <laughs> it, uh, you know, I just think that it's really important and it comes back to that same question that we, we were talking about earlier about empathy and about kindness and about respect. And, and I just think we all need to stop and think about what we're saying. Mm. I'm not at all surprised that <clears throat> children are engaging in these activities because children after all are influenced they live in homes and in a in a divided society uh, why are we surprised that children are behaving like adults and therefore there is a sense whereby we we we, we cannot expect children not to behave in a way adults do uh, and therefore all the more important for us to shape the minds and hearts and consciences of our children uh, in the light of the best of our fates mm. Uh, which is about grace and uh, uh, empathy and respect and uh, hope. Mm. We need to talk to children as well um, because we, um, as mentioned, you know, might think that they are not going through the same things or they are not being affected. They are being impacted uh, because they have, you know, the social media is such a big tool, especially for young youngsters as well. So they need someone to talk to. So the adults have a responsibility to to sit down with them, talk to them and, you know, clear up some issues that may be in their minds. The KM Community Podcast. Just to end on one sort of final wrapping up point for the three of you. So it talked about the fact that there are um, challenges, certainly challenges in terms of integrating communities, both faith communities and, and communities locally that kind of encaptures all of your faith communities together. Are we kind of moving towards a more modern version of religion then? Is it one that encourages dissent and questioning beliefs and working together to to hopefully combat the kind of ills of society? 
Oh, there's an interesting question, and I'm sure you'll have some differences <laughs> in opinion. Um, <clears throat> I kind of feel like the, the, the dunce in the room, if, if you like, because I'm not actually a, a faith leader in the same way um, as, uh, as my two friends here. But um, You're modern. I'm, I'm modern. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's perhaps true. I think that there is a place for all types and for all different ways of doing things, whether you are incredibly religious, whether you are just ever so slightly religious, perhaps consider yourself of this faith, but you're not going to attend a, um, a service maybe more than once a year, or, um, or, or whether you just um, feel the, the, the morality from that religion inside you, um, or whether you don't have anything to do with that. I don't think it really matters, and I don't think it matters whether you're from, you know, where, what, what the culture is as well, not just faith. I think that we're all the same, and there's a place for everybody. Um, we just need to be understanding. And I think that it's really important at this point to also say that we need to have our politicians who we should be able to respect and look up to, to not be using provocative rhetoric and unacceptable language, and that they should also embody that whole aspect of respect and empathy. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree to that as well. I think for me, um, religion uh, or religions perhaps... Um, is not the problems. Uh, for me personally, I think religion is uh, is something that should inspire us, should uh, should make us think out of, outside the box in new ways. Um, and yeah, I mean, interpretations are different uh, from time to time. Talking from an Islamic point of view, for, from Islam, I can say that yes, today we are facing challenges, uh, challenges that uh, require us to think outside the box and maybe look at a different interpretation and look at the you know the 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 truth of what is right what is wrong um and and that's sort of that's a big challenge for me uh personally and and when it comes to politicians and media it makes it more difficult when um that kind of rhetoric is being used because that makes your task even harder how how do i reach out to people how do i tell them that you know whatever you see in the media this this kind of stuff killing all these things it's not right. That's not what my religion teaches. You know, my religion teaches respect for your religion mm. or you as a person, whether you're not even religious. So these challenges are there and we have to think outside the box and we have to reach out. We can't be silent. And, and that's something that I say to you know, the Muslim community as well, that don't just sit in and, and let this happen. You need to reach out to your neighbor, talk, uh, tell them that this is not right and, and lend them some mm. kind of support and say to them that, look, you know, we're with you. When something happens to Christians, to Jews, go out, reach out and, and tell them that, you know, we're the same. We have to support each other. So it's important. And I have to say on that point that, for example, recently when we had the vandalism at the cemetery, one of the fantastic things was the support we had from the wider community. And that was you know, from all sorts of different people and from churches and from the cathedral. But we had three different Muslim communities here in Medway who reached out to us. And Safir's community even went so far as to say, well, you know, if you need some physical help in the cemetery, you know, it, it, it was just an extraordinary thing. And it's, you know, just so, so wonderful to actually be part of that, that interfaith community. Mm -hmm. That just uh, goes to show how relevant uh, our faith is. So from my perspective, uh, 
Oliver, mo modernizing and bringing it into modernity is old school. You know, have you not heard of postmodernity? Um, from my perspective, I think it is going back to the roots. Uh, and from a Christian uh, perspective, uh, what captures what that roots for me is the words that we use at our communion. The words are, while we were still far off, uh, you met us in your son, Jesus, and brought us home. And you, by dying and living, declared your love, showed us grace and opened the gates of glory. And therefore, the challenge for faith communities uh, in general, but particularly for my, my perspective, is to what does it mean for us to live this rooted life now with all its authenticity and depth and meaning? It's a lovely way to end the podcast. Um, thank you so much to my guests, Saju, Safir, and Dahlia. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The KM Community Podcast, bringing you stories from Kent's communities every week.